this is Taya. And this is Laura. And you are listening to Your Little Sister's Productions, Missed Opportunities. Today we are doing Real Steel, starring Hugh Jackman. And Evangeline Lilly. Evangeline? Evangeline. No idea. Evangeline (laughs) Lilly. She is the Wasp from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. So we just wanted to let you guys know that we have a giveaway going on right now. So check out our Facebook page or our Instagram for more details and you could win a cool prize. I don't know what it is, but (laughs) we have a list of prizes. We just don't know the order of them yet. So stay tuned, but there will be a giveaway for the next, what, four weeks? Yeah, for the next four weeks. Four weeks or so. So check every week, enter to win. It's super easy. Just like us, follow us, comment, tag someone, share the post. That's stuff we do anyway. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Stuff we we always ask you to do anyway. (laughs) So just do it. Yeah. So go ahead. All the prizes are really cool, so you definitely don't want to miss out. Um, So today, Real Steel is a movie um, based in the year 2020, and boy, did it have the year 2020 (laughs) wrong. But It came out in 2011, and so it was supposed to be like a futuristic nine years in the future. We're going to have boxing with robots instead of people. And cell phones that are like completely clear and like stuff pops up on the screen. Yeah, hologram. Yeah, hologram. Hologram, uh, which is... Very common in futuristic stuff, yet we have yet to get hologram cell phones in anything. But anytime somebody does a movie that's like set in the future, they have hologram uh, technology. Where Parks it's like, Rec did that. Yeah, where it's just like a blank uh, piece of plastic with like uh, blue light on it. <laughs> so, Real Steel is a movie starring Hugh Jackman. His name is Charles, or better known as Charlie in the movie. He used to box, but as we said, it's set in the future where they believed it's like an alternate future where robots have now become the boxers. Human boxing is out, so he started boxing robots. And and it's not just boxing. the It's all types of fighting. So it's yes. MMA, it's Taekwondo, it's all all of them. Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu, yeah. He lists off a bunch of them. Like, Muay Thai, yeah. Nobody, nobody does that professionally anymore. They don't even have underground fights like that anymore. It's all robots. Yeah, because people... And, as he put it, they wanted more violence, more carnage, stuff that humans just couldn't give each other without it being very illegal and morally wrong, basically. Without re- like regressing back to like ancient Greece, Greece. time. <laughs> yeah. No, Romans had the gladiators. I, well, they both had bad practices with human rights. Sorry, I was trying to think of the Colosseum. I'm like, yes, the Greeks had the Colosseum. No, the Greeks did not have the Colosseum. Yeah. The Romans had the Colosseum. <laughs> That's why I said, wait, okay. So yes, so without going back to gladiator times, they turned to robots. And so it takes place in the year 2020. He, as I said, is kind of not great as a robot boxer. He ran on a lot of bad luck, owes a lot of people money. Starts with him at a fair, having his robot go up against a huge bull that was like twice the weight he thought it was going to be. His robot gets completely destroyed over the stupidest reason I'll never forgive him for. And he owes more people more money. He makes a run for it, finds out that the mother of his child that he basically had abandoned, she has passed away and now he has to go sign away his rights to his child so that he can be adopted by his aunt. Makes a deal um, to take the child for the summer for a big sum of money. Um, while the aunt and her husband go on a trip, he would watch the kid over the summer, and then when they came back, the kid would be in their the aunt's custody. And they go on this wild ride where they find the robot, the kid bonds with the robot, they take the robot boxing, turns out he's, like, amazing at it, and they get into the professional league and end up um, going against a champion robot boxer named Zeus. They don't win, but they last five rounds with Zeus, which is longer than any other robot has ever no, lasted. Nobody robot, ugh, no one's robot has ever made it past round one. That's true. Making it into round two is actually longer and more than anyone expected any robot to do. So the fact that he lasted five rounds, complete rounds, was just the most incredible, amazing thing. Um, Charlie, of course, or Charles, whatever his name is. Charlie throughout the movie, so we'll just Charlie. Charlie, he of course grows as a person, grows to love his kid. He doesn't take custody of the kid. The kid is still being adopted by the aunt and um, his uncle, who were there at the fight, and they're great and everything. 
Um, but now they have a bond and you can tell like he, he's going to be more involved in his son's life even if he doesn't have custody. Um, so that's basically, the it's a very, it's a straight up, straightforward sports movie in that sense of the plot is just very easy. Yes. However, we looked at it and we found five overarching things that we think if they had um, changed or done differently with the movie it would have made it even better because even though we really enjoyed the movie and would watch it again without any complaint it didn't do very well like not a lot of people know this movie no one would ever put it on like a top 10 favorite yeah. list and it was it was done really well it is like a, it's a hollywood blockbuster movie yeah. and they spent hundreds of millions of dollars on it and it only made like 84 and that's from a quick google search but I don't know exact numbers, but it was like on Rotten Tomatoes, it had like a 60, which is not bad. No. And then the audience was like 74, but it didn't make money. Like it would, it just didn't make money. Um, and we, we have a couple of reasons that we think <laughs> might be the missed opportunities that they were looking for. So we're going to start with some smaller ones and then build up to kind of some bigger ones. Um, so the first one being that this movie, while it does sound like a sports movie when you put it the way that I phrased it, really had no audience that it was catering to specifically. Because even though it was a sports movie, you, you explained it better, Taya. You, you, <laughs> you explained it really well. I'm going to hand it over to you. Okay, so this movie has two lead characters. One lead character is Hugh Jackman, and the other one is the kid. Dakota Goyo. Dakota Goyo is the kid, and he does a really good job for a child actor. He's supposed to be 11. I don't know what the child's actual age is, but the character is 11, and his dad, Charlie, is a loser and a really awful human being. <laughs> and if it wasn't Hugh Jackman, we would hate him so, so, so much. Um, but there wasn't just, there just wasn't an audience, because is this a kid, is this a family movie? No, it's too adult for a family movie, but there's a kid who is not, like, if you have a sports movie that is about, or a sports movie or an action movie that's about a redemption arc or something, and it's because of his kid, typically the kid is just a plot device. It's a reason for him to, re to redeem himself and stuff. This kid was not a plot device. He was a main character. And so it wasn't, but it wasn't a family movie because it's too mature and it was too young to be a mature action movie. So they're like, it just kind of got caught in the middle of, well, is this a family movie? Do you watch this with the family? Is it just geared towards boys in general, no matter what age? But then it had a lot of stuff that wasn't, like, didn't follow with the sports movie. But then it was a sports movie. It, you know, it, it just didn't have an audience to appeal to because the age range was all wrong. The genre was messed up. Like, is it an action movie? Is it a sports movie? Is it a family heartwarming movie? Is it a redemption tale? <laughs> you know, the answer is, well, yes and no, all at the same time, <laughs> like, to all of them. Yeah, it, we think that's probably why it had such low, um, low income at the movie theaters, because who do you cater to when you can half cater to a bunch of people, but not fully cater to anyone? Um, because there is language. They do have the, the young son, Max, cuss quite a bit. I don't, I don't know if it's quite a bit, but he cusses in the movie. At least five times. Is the adults cuss. The adults cuss. There's, I mean, there's nothing, like, sexually graphic, but there is violence that... Lots of violence. You know, it. it's PG-13, and it's PG-13 for that reason. So, but and you have a kid it. who's under 13 in the movie. Yeah. As a main character. Like, there are a lot of movies that are definitely geared towards adults that have a kid in them. But again, the kid is a plot device. This kid wasn't a plot device. He was a main character. Yeah, which and there means was... it should have been geared towards an eleven-year-old audience, and it was not. And it was PG thirteen, so it couldn't be geared towards an you know an eleven-year-old audience. And on top of the violence and the language, there are also a lot of scary characters, like people in it. Well, yeah, there's a bookie that beats him up and like beats up the kid. You it's know, so traumatic. They yeah. hold him down. They it's it's well, a whole thing. And the main character is not somebody that I want. You know my child under 13 watching you know what I mean yeah he's horrible he's he abandons his kid and not just I mean he sells his kid that's basically true. like and the kid knows about it he once he's like abandons the kid sells the kid then he wants to leave the kid with uh Bailey who is just like his 
on walk. again, off again girlfriend, basically. Yeah, he was just gonna leave him there and go on the road without him. He had no, no intention of even creating a space for him to live. It was just like, oh, you're gonna stay here in the gym with her while I leave, you know. And then he has a moment where the kid almost dies, and he leaves him on a cliff to dig up a robot. And so it's really, we should we should uh, he does rec- rescue him from falling to his death. And then he leaves him on the same cliff by himself again. Yeah. And he just leaves. And several times in the movie, he he makes really awful decisions. And then you think you see progress. And then he makes really awful... Like, he's still the same bad person. And so his re- we'll get into his redemption arc. But that really does play a part in the fact that this has no audience. Because mm-hmm. it's too mature, It yet it's too immature. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a silly premise and like robot boxing and robot stuff that should be a younger audience, but this was not geared towards younger audience. It was geared, you know, it's not, it was geared towards adults. Yeah. But it wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. It was. So if, when you make a movie, you have to, or any art actually, you have to think about who your audience is. That's who you're going to get to come explore your art, whether see the movie, buy your book, whatever it may be. Um, but if you kind of make it to where you can't really fully, I keep saying cater, like advertise to a certain yeah. audience, you're not going to get the kind of interested people to come. So you're not going to find, like, if people are going to look at it and be really confused what kind of movie it is, or if they go expecting it to be a child's movie and then find out, like, it's definitely not meant for children. And then they go and tell other people, like, word of mouth is way greater than any trailer you could put out there for a movie because of the internet now especially well and and i think also how i would have fixed that you could either make it older you could make it younger i would have made it younger i would have taken out a lot of the scary characters i would have downplayed the cussing and just made it for a family audience yeah like it wouldn't like honestly this movie it would not be hard to make this movie pg no at all no no no, no. (laughs) like it like you take out the cussing you could probably leave all of the robot violence in there because because, it's robots yeah because it's fantasy violence which doesn't up um ratings hardly at all and so you could leave all the violence in there basically as it is and just take out some of the scary characters some of the scarier moments you could downplay and then take out the cussing boom you have a family-friendly sports action movie that families would love to go like your mom can watch it with you know her teenage or uh tween boy and be perfectly happy you know i that's what i would have done you could have gone older and made the kid 17 or something and had basically the same story just with a 17 year old kid and you could have catered to a more adult audience yeah so you could go either way. I would have gone younger, but that's just me. Because... I was going to say, you're a children's author. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> I, yeah. So I would definitely have gone younger just because I would have wanted to downplay the swearing. Because you all know I don't like swearing. So Yeah, neither do I. Although I'm really bad at remembering that there's swearing and stuff now. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, so that was our number one thing was honestly the marketing. Marketing is everything when you're trying to get people to watch your movie. And if you don't have a specific genre and a specific audience your marketing is just going to be all over the place which means you're not going to bring in nearly as much money because you don't have a target um the next thing is within the movie which i forgot to mention the robot that they find in the junkyard that the kid digs up all by himself without any help from the dad which it was kind of funny that afterward he went up and like was hitting his dad (laughs) <laughs> like I you loved, left me alone. I really loved that they did that, and I loved that it was silent mm-hmm. because all you hear is the like this kid who's so proud of himself. He yeah. dug up an entire robot, had to get a winch, had to dig it out of a, a junkyard that was guarded. Like this was a very impressive move that this kid did, and he's pulling this like it's like a little red wagon, but it's like a giant metal, metal wagon wagon <laughs> that he's like pulling this robot in. And then, and all you hear is the squeaking of the wheels and the dad is just sitting there watching him do it. And it's like, oh, it's kind of like a proud moment. Like the kid did it all by himself, but you're a jerk. And so when the dad, when the kid comes and he just starts pounding on Charlie, I was like, yeah, I support you kid. Good job. (laughs) Like I was so happy that they did that because it wasn't like, they weren't saying what Charlie did was okay. The kid knew what Charlie did wasn't okay. Like the kid was still proud of himself. He was super like, yeah, I've accomplished this wonderful, great thing, 
but what you did was not okay and he hit him for it and I just I just loved it he just starts he just starts beating him up and it's I mean he's like an 11 scrawny little 11 year old kid yeah and he's Charlie is a professional boxer former so I doubt he felt anything yeah like he was not hurt but I feel like it needed to happen because he needed to be like what you did was wrong and it was just hilarious this kid had great boundaries he was the most mature these are my boundaries character in the whole movie yeah, <laughs> as for an eleven-year-old, sure. <laughs> for sure. Especially someone who's going through the grief of losing their mother at such a young age, and like knowing that they, like their own father who abandoned them, was paid to watch them over the summer, and then was willing to abandon him again. And the kid had to basically blackmail him almost to taking him with him. <laughs> yeah, because he threatened. Yeah, it was just. I like that kid a lot. Aside from the blackmail, great boundary. <laughs> aside from that detail um but the kid the robot that the kid max we should call him by his name dug up his name is adam as in a-t-o-m like the adams you find and not like an and the superhero and the superhero dc correct yes yes awesome i know my stuff sometimes <laughs> good job <laughs> so this robot adam they have this thing in the movie where occasionally they make it seem like they're going to make the robot self-aware like he has some form of artificial intelligence that allows him to be aware that he's a robot in the world of humans and this is the human i like and i'm connected with and i'm self-aware to where i can make my own decisions they make it seem like that is where they're gonna go they do this in a few ways one of the first ways is the fact that or is the scene excuse me where the kid which we would cut this scene out i remember us talking about that the kid like takes him for like a midnight run through the streets yeah because the the robot has a function called shadow because it turns out that this robot is uh basically like a boxing a sparring partner yeah so what it would do is it would mimic the really famous boxers and then the robots would spar against it so it has this mimic function mm-hmm. and so the kid turns on the mimic function and takes the robot for a walk well the kid's just walking down the alley but the robot is like you know five times his size so it's knocking over stuff and like it knocks over a fire hydrant and it blows up like a garbage can and everything like that um which is a really bad scene in itself because why did nobody call the police and then um we he has and this is actually one of my other notes but he has the robot pick him up, which, by the way, would be so painful. Like, yes. have you ever been picked up from under the arms, especially by, like, a giant metal hand? Like, that would be horrible. That would be so painful. Is but that how does... babies feel? Because we pick them up under the arms. Yeah, but it hurts if you do it continuously, and it hurts if you, like, grab. The heavier you are, the more it hurts. So babies uh-huh. babies don't weigh that much. But as an 11-year-old kid, you <laughs> weigh more. You feel it more. It hurts. So, anyway, and he says to the robot, like, can you understand me? And the robot kind of makes this this spark of ignition. And then the kid said, don't worry, your secret's safe with me. Yeah. So you, you get the sense that the robot understands the kid in a way that's human-like. Right. And then the next time we see that is um, at, right before one of his fights. And this is the first time he gets into a league fight. Yeah. Which league is like you know it's legal it's big it's big money they've been underground and then super underground and then there's another underground which is the (laughs) zoo so like this is that they've worked their way all the way up so they're about to fight in their very first league fight and um uh charlie is talking and don't freak out we have to have fun and we have to not freak out and the kid is doing repairs on the robot yeah then they get called to another They get called to the other robot somewhere. Anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> and we see the robot watch them leave, and then he looks at this at a mirror, and he sees himself. And, and he's just staring at himself in the mirror. For a very long time. And it, like, zooms in on the face. And what they did, which I thought was really um, funny and interesting that they did, is because he had, has kind of, like, a mesh overlay on his face a little yeah. bit. And they did it so it looks like he has a nose and a, and a mouth. Like yeah, because stitching, it, like the stitching is kind of like scarred because it mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to be that way. It was just supposed to be eyes, but because of the way that the stitching, you know, the way that it, the screen had broken and been fixed, it looks like a nose and mouth. So it looks like he, he you know, it looks like a face, 
very obviously. So they zoom in on like this thing that looks like a face very, very closely. He has his head tilted like in curiosity and everything. So you, you think, okay, after all this time he's been with Charlie and Max is becoming more and more self-aware, Charlie was quote unquote teaching him how to box, meaning he would box and put those those commands into his memory so that he could just tell him do an uppercut and he knows what that is. And you think he's doing more than putting it in his memory. He's actually learning right. like an AI, like something with a personality and uh, human intelligence. But then they <laughs> undermined it. Yes. <laughs> because, well, and then at one point during the final fight against Zeus, who's the big, the big world champion, has the belts and everything title. Um, at that point, the kid is like, or he, he gets knocked out like super fast. And Hugh Jackman is on the headset giving the robot the commands. And he's like, get up, get up, get up. And then finally the kid screams, get up. And the robot responds to the kid's voice instead of Hugh Jack, instead of Charlie. And so you think, oh, he's like connected with the kid. He's self-aware. Like you, you think that it's going there. But then they undermined it in the same fight. Yes. <laughs> because his um, voice recognition gets messed up. And so now they've decided that they're going to have Hugh Jackman's shadow box and the, um, the robot is just going to do what Hugh Jackman does. And Hugh Jackman is talking to the robot saying, you have to watch me, you have to watch me. And the robot is mirroring him. And then the kid comes up and is like, you know, you're talking to a robot. And <laughs> like, the kid was the one earlier. The kid was the one that discovered that he was self-aware. And then throughout the whole rest of the fight, which is the end of the movie, like, nothing happens. Like, none of it comes to be. They He never becomes self-aware. It never shows anything about him being self-aware. It doesn't explain that maybe he wasn't actually self-aware, he was just, uh, the kid was just special, or, and that's how he got it to stand up, or anything, nothing. And then at the very end, they also have the kid repeat the line to his dad, don't worry, your secret's safe with me, and it's like... So they know that they had that line <laughs> like, in there, it wasn't like, like an oversight. Yeah, they know... And so it just doesn't, it, it never comes to anything. Like it almost gets there, but then at the end of the fight, it's not about the robot. It's about Charlie doing something that he loved and being the person that Bailey, who's the woman like that goes back, like that was the man that she fell in love with. And he's been a jerk for, you know, 10 years now. And so we see him going back to being this beautiful fighter that he was at one point. And so it becomes about him. You know, it doesn't become about the robot and the boy anymore. And it's not about the robot being self-aware. And it has nothing to do with it. And why did they put it in there if it has nothing to do with it? Like, just, just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I would have cut it out because if they had gone with the Adam self-aware line, then it would just be too many storylines because it's Max's storyline about his summer with his dad after his mom died and reconnecting with him and getting a robot. And I mean, what kid wouldn't, if robot boxing was a thing, what kid wouldn't want to have their own rob robot and go box with them? Like, that would be so cool. So he kind of gets to have this cool summer and get closer to his dad. And then you have Charlie's storyline of kind of a redemption where he goes from being a jerk to less of a jerk. Like, he grows as a person, finds his joy in life again and all that. And then if you add in, like, oh, also the robot is self-aware. And so, like, it was just sitting in a dump for all this time. And now it has the chance to go and be a boxer. And it's going to take – it kind of – it would just be too many people coming into their own or too many storylines. Yeah. So I would have just cut out any... I, you, I mean, you could go two ways. You could either make it more about the robot, in which case it would be a completely different movie, or you could just cut it out altogether and keep the movie they have here, which is about Charlie and Max, yeah. and just have the robot be a robot and, and never hint at anything more, which is what they did, and not just once. Not twice, but three times. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just don't understand why they didn't, why they put that in there. They because, could have edited it out very yeah, easily. Yeah, it was, because what they're doing is they're making this robot special. But there are other things that made this robot special. Specifically, the connection that Max has with it. Because, you know, Max can talk to it when, before it had a voice command. Like, it, you know, he could talk to it. Rather than make it be about how cool Max is and the fact that he saw this, you know, sparring robot that could take hits and made it into something that could dish out hits, like, and the fact that it 
was already programmed with this um, shadow movement because it was a sparring robot. Like, there's so much good here in this, like, storyline of the kid finding a way to bond with his father because there there is a scene where... So, Charlie boxes and is completely defeated and then Charlie boxes with Max there and he doesn't listen to Max and he is completely defeated. Well then Char or, or Max is in charge with his robot and he almost very very closely almost gets defeated but then Max figures out if he listens to his dad and you know combine the two you know both Max and Charlie controlling this robot they actually work together really well and they can be an unbeatable team. That is such a good story, and it like just stick with that. Like make it about the the father son, and then the robot was just a tool to get there. Mm -hmm. Why did they hint at him like at making the robot a main character when it could have just been what it was? Like just take it out, like or make a completely different movie about a self aware boxing robot. Be like Herbie for fully loaded, right? <laughs> Where he wants to be boxing again, so he has to have a human. Pretend to control him, but really, he's doing everything like Kirby. Yeah, but well, that means of. that the robot would have been the main character, and it would have been a kid's movie. <laughs> I, as I said, a completely different movie. Yeah, so I just, if they wanted to keep the same story, they should have not hinted at it three times. 100%. Which actually leads us right over into our next thing, which is the shadow boxing is inconsistent throughout the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was so annoying. Okay, so because does he sometimes he mirrors and sometimes he like shadows. It, yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. So sorry, this was just a really big point to me, so I'm sorry I'm talking so much. But like this so you see this robot and you're and he's whenever he's facing them, like he'll you will move your right arm. You know, Charlie moves his right arm, Max moves his right arm. Well, the robot is facing you and mirroring you, so it moves its left arm in the exact same position in the exact same way. And but then when the robot, when you're in front of the robot or the robot has its back to you, then you move your right arm and Max moves his right arm or Charlie moves his right arm and the robot moves his right arm because it's shadowing them, not mirroring them, shadowing them. And sometimes he needs to see them. And literally at the end, he's like, "You have to watch me. Remember, watch me." And it's like. He can't watch you. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. He's in the middle of a boxing ring. He can't watch you. And so it was really inconsistent because within the same scene, like, especially, so there's a scene where um, right after their first fight, Max <laughs> teaches the robot to dance. Well, he figures that out because at first the, the robot is mirroring him. Then he turns around and it's shadowing him. And then he turns back around and it starts mirroring him again. And I'm like... Okay, if it's shadowing you, then it needs to turn around when you turn around, which means you would no longer be facing it. You know, it it was very inconsistent and it was very annoying. So that that's all I have to say about it. Yeah, and I also had the same like, thought about the end fight scene, which is, you know, fun to watch and everything, but, like, how is he watching if he's in the middle of a fight? And couldn't Zeus just block his sight like they know everyone knows charlie's shadow boxing to the robot it's not a hidden thing yeah it's right there out there in the open one way they could have fixed it is if they went the whole like virtual reality route kind of or like you had things strapped to your body that like sent sensors to the robot so you don't, he doesn't have to see you do anything he just knows your right arm's moving your leg is moving i feel like even if they had made it consistent then it could like it would have worked like if they had just made it consistent where you know it's looking at your back it can scan you and it can mimic whatever you're doing no matter where you're at because it's like locked onto you if they would have explained something because i mean this is made of technology obviously we don't have yeah. boxing robots so like this was completely made of technology they could have just made it consistent and been like it's shadow you know mm -hmm. like it, it, it just shadow because there are certain times when it'll be shadowing them and then they'll stop and they'll start talking and doing something else and the robot stops shadowing them yeah. Or stops mirroring them, either one. And so it's like, it's very inconsistent as to when he does it, why he does it. So I wish there would have been a button they could push or a bracelet they could put on or something. Anything at all to, like, connect them with the bot, like, with the robot. 
so that it wasn't him looking at it because that didn't make any sense. Although know? they did have the robot copy Max when he was drinking the soda and typing and that. Yeah, and that was funny, but it wasn't consistent. It didn't no. happen the entire time. No, it would have been funny if it just happened all the time, actually. Um, I also thought about when he was dancing because they would dance with the audience, Max and the robot, before they got to the ring. It's like their entrance was mm-hmm. dancing. I And he was doing like the move where his hand was... How did the robot not like knock out whole rooms of people? Like, how did he not the, the robot jump, jump, jump? How did the robot just not completely take out entire rows of audience through those dance moves? Um, plot convenience, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Like, what other I don't know. It, I don't know. It was, it was cute that they had. I love that they had him because Hugh Jackman, uh, Charlie convinces Max to do the dance at the beginning. He's like, you need to have flair. Your robot is going to get beat up a lot. But if you have a lot of flair, you'll be fine. Like, people will still pay to come see you. And so he convinces him to do it. So he convinces Max to do a dance at the beginning of the show, or beginning of the match every time. And then in exchange, he'll teach the robot to actually do professional boxing moves because he used to be a professional boxer so i like that part i just wish that the shadow slash mirroring would have been consistent consistent and would have made more sense and been better explained as to how he does it it just would have been better i agree um so we have two more points left the second to last one probably our biggest thing if they kept everything else but changed this it would have made it so much better was what we believe to be the badly done redemption arc of Charlie. Yes. Redemption arcs are hard to do in general because you can't hate the person too much to where they can't be redeemed, but then you have to hate them somewhat to make it a redemption. And you can't hate them for so long in the movie that the redemption happens too quickly and where you don't see it happening, but you also can't have it happen too early because then what do you do with the rest of the movie? It's... And also it's it's a balance of having moments where you can see them start to change and things that would change them, giving them motivation to change, but also still have, habits are hard to break, even with motivation. Um, so this movie, in my opinion, had us hate Charlie for way too long. I hated him for so much of this movie. He the fact really- that he's Hugh Jackman saved him. <laughs> He really doesn't become likable or a good person until the very end of the movie. Yeah. Like, seriously, the end of the movie. The last scene and a half. Yeah. And, which, it's like you appreciate it because it's like, oh, well, redemption arc, you know, people have, you know, people fall back. But typically what happens is you have a redemption arc and it happens a little too early. And so they relapse and then they have another redemption arc you know, yeah. completing it. You know, they, they realize the error of their ways and they want to go back. This one was literally, he, we think he's, oh, he is going to bond with it. Like, he's going to have his son for the summer. He's going to bond with him. Nope, he's going to leave him there. Oh, he's going to make him do this. Oh, he saved his life. Oh, nope. <laughs> like every, He's leaving him on the edge of the cliff. He's Nope, he's leaving him on the edge of the cliff. Oh, he, like, is helping him with his boxing and he's going to get him a fight. Nope. Oh, he finally did get him a fight, but it was under duress, and he's going to help him and support him. Nope, he was a jerk and was just making fun of him the entire time. Like, it, it kept going on and on to the point of... And then, like, even towards the very end, when they um, they have their first professional fight, Zeus's owners want to buy Adam... And the kid is like, no, we're not going to do it. And then he's like, yes, absolutely. I'll, I'll do it again. And it's like, you're going back to money again. <laughs> like you're, you're making poor money choices, poor life choices because of money again. And so he just, he keeps going back and he doesn't slowly progress. He doesn't progress and then regress. It's he regresses, progress, regress, regress. Like it, you never see his redemption. Um, yeah, so the, the redemption arc just wasn't done well. No. And it wasn't done, like, you, you really don't like this guy. And they, and they take a really long time establishing the characters. Because we have an opening scene that establishes Charlie, 
But then we also have an opening scene that establishes Charlie and Bailey. And then we have an opening scene that establishes Charlie and Max. Rather than trying to combine any of that with, you know, like, everybody has their own scene that is introductory. But it's a very long scene. And it, it takes a really long time to set this film up. Like, halfway through the film is where the film actually starts to get going. You have all the characters. You have all of the you know, all of the pieces and then you see the story develop because we go through two robots, you know, getting destroyed before the story really even starts to happen. And those are not quick fights. So those aren't quick scenes. There's, it's a good chunk of this two hour movie. It's like two hours and like five or seven minutes and probably 45 minutes, almost to an hour. We still haven't met Adam. You know what I mean? Like it takes a long time for them to get to that point and yeah and so you just you hate Hugh Jackman for a really long time because the story hasn't begun so his arc hasn't begun so he you just don't like him for a really long time and I feel like if they had done anything different they should have done this different and it should have been at making him give first of all giving him redeemable qualities throughout and explaining his story because they have a moment where um, Bailey explains to Max kind of how her, like, kind of why she fell in love with him, basically. It doesn't say that exactly, but that's basically why she was interested in him was because of who he was when he was a fighter. And it never really explains what happened as to why he is no longer that person. Like, yeah, they don't have boxing anymore, but... And her father had passed away, so her father was his coach, so it was like, wait, was that the reason he became a jerk? And then was it to do with the kid's mom? Because they have a throwaway line about how cool the kid's mom was at the end during his, like, redemption speech. But we never see the mom, we never hear about the mom or how she died or what their relationship was like. Because you just kind of get the idea of, like, well, they dated, she got pregnant, he signed away all of his rights to the kid and never wanted any contact with him, but then when she died he had to go sign the papers again. Like, that's the way they make it seem, but then he's like, oh, your mom was cool, and it's like, wait, now you're bringing the mom in? This is literally the last scene. <laughs> so they didn't they didn't explain Charlie's backstory well enough to make the redemption arc work because he wasn't always a jerk. They established he wasn't always a jerk. He was genuinely a good, nice guy when he was fighting and when he was boxing, and he had really tough, you know, mentality of get back up and, you know, keep going and keep fighting. And he had uh, this, this mentality that was really something to be admired from this kid, but he lost it. And so it's like, okay, now we, and this is like, seriously, like past midpoint in the movie when we figure this out. So way too late on that. Well, that, and so she's, she's telling Max the story and Charlie comes up behind and instead of focusing on the fact that he went however many, 12 rounds with the with the second, he wasn't the world champion, but he was like the second place world yeah. champion. The second place world second champion. in the world, yeah. As someone who was basically a nobody at the time in boxing, like he was brand new, no one knew his name. He went 12 rounds with this guy. Instead of focusing on that, he came up and he focused on the part that he got knocked out in the 12th round. And he focused, and she's like, yeah, but you did all this other stuff. And he, and he only focused on the negative. I got knocked out. I did this, like... And she kept trying to say, yes, but you also knocked people out. You did this, you did that, and that, like, you were a good boxer. And he wouldn't accept it. So. But why? Like, yeah. Where, they why didn't... did that shift happen? It never explains why that shift of he was so strong, he always got back up. Every match he had was a knockout because he wouldn't let it come down to points. You know, like, it was, unless somebody is down on the mat and out, you yeah. don't end it. So it was just like, come on. <laughs> like, where did that mentality where go did when he had a kid? From? Like, you either, you stay and you tough it out, and or he, he didn't, he left. So something happened right before, he, the Char right before Max came into Charlie's life, and they never tell us exactly what it was and why that affected him the way it did. We just know something happened about 10 years ago, and now he's a jerk who is basically a gambling addict because he owes hundreds of well maybe not hundreds dozens of thousands of dollars to people like he owes minimum what sixty thousand yeah 
minimum. That's but, what but we, we know. hear about. Like we hear about twenty, and then we hear about another twenty-five. Yeah. So like, and then you know, there's another person that wants this, that wants money from them, and, and it's probably at least twenty-five grand. And we're talking like not twenty-five hundred, twenty-five grand, twenty-five thousand dollars. Yeah. Minimum. So he owes a minimum fifty thousand, let's say, and when he gets fifty thousand to watch the boy over the summer, instead of paying off his debts. He goes and buys a new robot, which he then destroys within 24 hours. Yeah, like instantly, because he makes a really stupid deal to the death. And that was one of my notes, is like, he made... The he has one robot, he just lost his last robot, and then he makes a, a bet to the, death. to the death. And it's like, I don't care like if you have the best robot in the world, you don't do it to the death to where one of the robots is destroyed. You know, you do it either small and build up to it or whatever, but you get money, I don't know, bad, bad decisions, which just make me cringe. <laughs> and so, but there's so much of that. Yes. There's so much of happening. The, there's so much of disliking him and not enough of, Hey, this is who he used to be, or Hey, this is a glimmer of good in him. If this had not been Hugh Jackman, who is just ridiculously likable, there's no way anybody would watch this movie because you would just hate him so much. 100%, I agree. I love Hugh Jackman as much as the next person, and it was hard. It was so hard to, <laughs> to watch him. Okay, so, now I've never seen the Rocky movie. You have, though. I have. So Taya informed me, so the end scene is... Adam going against Zeus. Zeus is the world champion. He holds the belt. No robot has ever, ever gone past round one with him. And Max challenged Zeus to a fight after they only had one league fight. Yeah. <laughs> one league fight. <laughs> and he challenged the champion. And they almost lost that league fight. Like, they weren't doing well. <laughs> no. They barely scraped by. So, but then he challenges Zeus. So they get their fight just because it turns out to be a PR nightmare, basically. Or Zeus's team and they go five rounds and they don't win Zeus wins but only reason so they they both Zeus and Adam get saved by the end of the round by the bell ringing and them having to stop pummeling each other because Adam keeps almost dying or losing or getting knocked out but the bell saves him and then at the very end in the last round which it was slated for five rounds Adam almost destroys Zeus. One more punch and Zeus would have been a goner and the bell saves him. So Zeus still wins, but by the judge's points, but really, uh, one reporter said it really well. People here would say that Zeus kept his title, but Adam won the fight. He won the heart of the audience. Zeus didn't stay up there and do his victory, anything. Like everyone only wanted to go up and talk to Adam and Max and Charlie and celebrate them. Now I've never seen Rocky. <laughs> but if that fight sounds a little bit familiar, there's a good reason for it. Oh my gosh, you guys, they literally have a scene. So the crowd is coming in and Max is like, Dad, Dad. And then um, Bailey comes and runs up and hugs and kisses Charlie. And then Charlie's like, Max, Max, kind of like, Adrian. <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh, it was so, it was almost shot for shot like <laughs> with Rocky. And then it's just like, um, like, I feel like the sports of this movie was so was such a ripoff of Rocky. <laughs> and I was just, like, watching it, and I was like, oh, that's... I was like, oh, well, they lose. Oh, I'm like, oh, well, that's just like Rocky. And then they had the crowd come in, and I was like, oh, that's just like Rocky. And then they're <laughs> screaming at each other, oh, that's just like Rocky. And then the girl comes, and I was like, oh, that's just like Rocky. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just kept happening, and I was like, this is such a ripoff of Rocky. And then, like, they even have, like... Um, the, the press come and they and the, the comments are not the same but they're close to the same so it's yeah it's it's a ripoff of Rocky just really really and I understand Rocky's like the biggest uh boxing. sport boxing movie like sports movie about boxing ever ever but it was just really funny because I was just like this is literally the same thing <laughs> like that like he goes he goes the full rounds and he doesn't win but because of points or whatever but he's the only person who could last that long with them and they thought they were just gonna walk right through it and literally at the beginning of the fight he almost does and Rocky's whole thing is that Rocky can take a punch more than anybody else can 
this robot's whole thing is that it can take a punch better than anybody else can. And um, the fight ends with Charlie is holding back and he's like um, basically wearing down Zeus because Zeus was not meant for longevity because he just knocked everybody out in the first round. And so he doesn't have as much stamina, which is well, kind of like Apollo Creed, you know, <laughs> like where he was expecting to knock him out very soon. And so he didn't have as much stamina as Rocky because he couldn't take a punch as well because Rocky just has a hard head. And it's like, that's literally this, this robot. So yeah, total rip off of Rocky. Um, just the whole ending of it and, and the kid and the, like he gives the speech of like, oh, I'm the people's champion. I was like, oh, yeah, kind of <laughs> won the hearts of the, the people, huh? You know, you know like, like Rocky did, huh? <laughs> you know, like it was very, it was very reminiscent of Rocky. So that ending of it, <laughs> yeah. So th that was like the, the big main things. I really think they should have just come up with their own type of story, their own ending. Yes, it is very cool to have a big crowd around and the reporters and stuff. You know, I mean, I'm guessing that's what happens at the end of boxing matches. So they, but they could have done other things. Like, I don't know. It was, I don't know if there's any other storyline that you can use in boxing, but they have like six Rocky movies, seven Rocky movies. And so clearly there's other storylines you can do with boxing. <laughs> Choose one of the other ones. I don't know. It was just funny because it was very, very reminiscent. Well, that's the end, basically. I think the biggest thing, other than changing the ending, would have been if they had done a really a better job with the redemption arc of Charlie. Even if they kept the shadow boxing inconsistent and the Adam self-awareness thing, even if they kept that in there, but the redemption arc was better, this would have made the movie... That was my main thing, honestly, was that... Although if they took the self-awareness out, I would also be happy. That was my second. Yeah. That was <laughs> but I haven't seen Rocky, so that's why that's my second. <laughs> but we believe that with those five main things changed, this movie would have been so much better. Missed opportunities with having a really good redemption arc. Missed opportunity to choose an audience and stick with it. Because I really think this movie would have and could have done so much better than it did in the box office. And be more of a movie that people go to for things. Rather than something that only a few people really know about and it's hard to describe. I feel like people, before I watched, because this is the first time I'd ever seen this film. The first time I heard about it, I was really excited because it was Hugh Jackman coming out of um, Wolverine. You know, it was Hugh Jackman doing anything besides Wolverine was just amazing to me. And so, <laughs> and so I was really excited about it. But then I got such mixed reviews. People really... But nobody had nobody hated it. They yeah. just didn't like it, and they're like, "Oh, you won't like it." Or people like nobody loved it. Nobody hated it. Everybody was just like, "Oh, that's it's really it's not." I don't know. Like nobody could describe it. Nobody could like. And I'm now watching it. I'm like, I understand why because it's it's a weird premise and it's a young premise or it's an old premise and it's a gory premise. But they kind of met in the middle, and so nobody knew which way to go with it. Yeah. Um, so we'll just move on to like our more little technical, smaller notes. Oh, so Deborah is the aunt of Max. She's the one that wants to uh, take custody and adopt Max after her sister, Max's mom, passes away from we don't know what. And everyone, well, everyone being the judge and Charlie, and even a little bit her husband, acts like she's something that she's not. And that the actress makes her really nice and she seems to genuinely care for Max and want to be there for him and be his safe space and, and raise him well. And, and she genuinely loves her nephew and wants to raise him, which is a big deal. Like raising a child is no joke. But the way that she is treated by others and the way people react to her, it's like she's a snobby person who just wants to flaunt her money everywhere because she and her husband are very wealthy. Or she puts it, her husband is very wealthy. Her, yeah. There's literally a line where she's like, like the judge asks, like, why should I give you custody? And she's like, well, my husband is very wealthy, so we'll be able to take care of him. And it's like, wait, what? Like, why are you talking about how your husband is like, you could have just said, we are wealthy, we are well off, we can provide for him, you know, monetarily, <laughs> you know. But instead, no, my husband is very wealthy. Like, I don't know, it was kind of, like, that's the one of the things. The line was snobby. The line was snobby. The actress the line... was not, which they kind yeah. of. So, there's like a, 
I don't know, there's a discrepancy between the writing and the acting where the writing made it out so that she is a snob who just wants to flaunt, who doesn't understand children and just wants to flaunt her wealth. Because at the end, when um, they get beat up by a bookie, um, Charlie takes Max back to her and like calls her back from their summer and, and cuts the summer short. And so that um, he goes into custody with her and she's trying to explain like, why Max should want to come and she's like hey, we have a pool we have this and that and we'll get you you know like kind of trying to sounds like she's trying to like buy his love or like entice him to come and it's it, it's funny to me because the actress has the idea of okay I'm like my sister just died she's very compassionate and wants to take care of the kid and the kid ends up with her and so you want to like her you should like her the actress was right i think in the fact that you have to like this person in order to like the end of the movie you have to want the kid to be there he needs a mother he needs a father he needs you know parents that you know one can support him monetarily but also can support him in the fact that he wants to fight robots with his dad which they do they go to the the zeus match they shout, they cheer, you know, she starts cussing at the people and gets really, really into it because she's very supportive of what is now her son, you know, it's her nephew, but like is now her adopted son. And so it's, it's like, you have to like her, but I don't understand why they wrote it to where you don't like her, to where she's a snob. She's like stuck up and flaunting her money. And it was just really, really weird because you would think the writers who wrote the ending would know that, hey, we have Max end up with her and we, the audience will like Max. So why would they write in someone that you don't want Max, like that you'd be unhappy that he would end up there. Also, I like the way that she said it, like, cause you could go two ways with all her lines, but especially like, we have a pool, we have this, we have that. It could be like snobby, like, well, we have a pool. And like, what does your dad have? Like she never, compared to the dad she never made it sound like it was it was more like hey like we, we have a pool if you like swimming like we have a pool we have this we have that like do you like these things yeah like you would talk to a kid who's gonna come live with you and you're like do we do we have what you like is this gonna be fun for you because kids like to have fun and like pools are fun right and this is fun and like she did it more like maybe not as pleading as i'm making it but more in that direction to where that's where i got what i got from it. i didn't see it as bribing I saw it as she's genuinely trying to make him excited because that's where he's gonna live for the foreseeable future. And so she wants him to be happy. Yeah. And so anyway, I didn't I the first person to get annoyed at Deborah, the aunt, is the judge, and I just I didn't understand why. Yeah, I didn't either, and I didn't know why she had lines in there that were just so ridiculous. But the actress went with them. And, you know, she becomes likable through the Zeus fight where she's obviously cheering, you know, on, Char on Charlie, even though she kind of hates Charlie, <laughs> which with good reason, we all kind of hated Charlie, but she's cheering on Charlie because she loves Max. And so she's cheering on Max. And so I really appreciated that. Okay. Um, so let's see. My notes, well, like I'm going chronologically because I'm just going through my notes. My first note, the beginning of the movie is a robot fighting a bull. One, the CGI of the bull was the worst CGI of the movie. The rest of the movie, I didn't, I wasn't taken out of the universe because of the CGI, but that beginning fight was, was the CGI was very out of universe. It did not look good. Plus, why are people putting a bull against a robot? Like... <laughs> animal cruelty <laughs> I don't know I just yeah, I that was that was odd like I I mean I'm a rodeo girl I understand rodeos I understand bullfighting and trust me like in a rodeo the bull comes out a lot better than the cowboy 99.9% .9 of the time <laughs> so um that was just weird to like watch it beat up this CGI bull and then the CGI bull obviously well and takes out the CGI robot so I yeah that that was just weird and I didn't I don't like I feel like they should have just started with a robot fight. Maybe the second one that he gets into. Yeah. Or just I mean anything. Like they, they yeah. have a very long build up scene with that fight. They do. 
and I and it's dumb and the reason why he loses it is because he's flirting with the girl in the audience and loses focus you like that yeah yeah I could tell you like it that's literally his flirting <laughs> you like that yeah yeah I could tell you like it oh no my robot is out of the story yeah that was that was rough that's that scene in a nutshell <laughs> uh, looking at cussing so we oh, talked yeah. about this so the kid cusses a lot it drives me nuts when they make kids. I, I don't like swearing in general, but it really bothers me when they make kids cuss. And this kid is supposed to be standing up for himself a lot because obviously his father is crap, a very crappy person. And so he has to stand up for himself continuously. And a lot of the times they do that by him cussing at his father. And it, I just don't like it. I will always never, like, I will always condemn that whenever they make child actors cuss in movies. I really don't like it. I have issues with the, um, I guess we kind of talked about it. Charlie buys a robot and then he immediately, like, does a fight to the death. <laughs> yeah, we already talked about that. We already talked about that. That was really painful for me to watch. It was hard to watch and then the, he, like, sells the head and I don't know. It took yeah. way too long yeah. to get to get that story going because you think, oh, well, they're going to fix up the noisy boy. noisy boy they're gonna fix them up together but no they sell the head and then it's just scrap and and then they go to the junkyard and then they go to the junkyard so they could have consolidated and like we said earlier and just made it either one fight at the beginning um instead of both of those fights because those fights took up a lot of time but they're in the junkyard they're looking for parts so they can build their own robot and they bring that giant metal cart we we mentioned earlier and at one point charlie who jackman's character finds a piece and he's like, oh yeah, this will do. Tosses it, and we see where it goes. And it goes nowhere near the car. It goes in another little junk pile on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it just tosses it behind him and leaves like, it there. Why did they keep that shot? Like, <laughs> you literally see it land on the ground next to a junk pile. It just so that was my next note. Like you didn't, you didn't even get close. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course we mentioned before he leaves the kid after saving him from falling off the cliff. Which, I mean, kind of. Like, he didn't get there in time to, to, like, catch him, but he, the robot arm, the kid gets caught, his shirt caught on the robot arm, and then Hugh Jackman's character comes and, like, pulls him off the robot arm. But he leaves him there to dig up a robot out of the mud because it's raining. And it's, like, pouring rain. That's how the kid slipped was, like, the mountain was falling apart because, pouring of, rain. because of the pouring rain. So he leaves him in the pouring rain to dig up this robot on the very edge of a cliff in mud by himself. So, yes, we are okay with the kid beating him. Well, not really beating him up because he can't really do that. But, like, letting him know that it was not okay to do that. Yeah. So that annoyed me. Next note is, so this movie has um, dark lighting oh, so much of the time where it's, it's spotlight lighting. Where, like, it's not low light. It's literally darkened for effect. And that, I really don't like it. They have um, Max's face in shadow a lot, and that is really annoying. They have a lot of people's faces in shadow a lot. There's a lot of dark and then really stark contrast light. Um, and it, it, ugh, it just kind of bothers me because it doesn't flow with the movie because there are certain times whenever they're outside that there's really good lighting. And then you have this like, at least they, I don't know. I didn't like the lighting very much because they, they shadowed their faces and you know that they did it on purpose because they're trying to be like edgy and dark. But again, this movie didn't have an edgy and dark feel, so it just didn't work. I didn't like yeah. it. It wasn't, it didn't work as a sports movie and it's not enough of an action movie or a horror movie to make spotlighting lighting work. So that was a missed opportunity to just do straight up regular lighting. Um, um, my and next. <laughs> hey, we're twins. Jinx. Um, honestly, the only note I have left that we haven't um, already touched on and what we've said before is after Charlie gets beat up, he doesn't look like he got beat up at oh. all. Mm -mm. Nowhere on the face. And they even make a point of it. Like, Bailey looks at his face and she's like, what happened? And I'm like, he didn't shave? Like, is that what you're pointing <laughs> out? Like, nothing's on his face. It's worse than Zuko's kind of scar in The Last Airbender. Like, nothing's there. <laughs> well, and the whole point of that is, like, this this bookie comes and beats him up from the very beginning with the bullfight. 
and he's like, I'm going to beat you within an inch of your life. And then he, the kid has to watch it. And it's very traumatizing and very sad. And then he even says like, well, I guess I got a little closer than an inch to the, you know, to of your well, life. Well, it went further than an inch. Yeah, yeah, it went further than an inch. And then he walks away. And then the kid comes, takes off his jacket and puts it under his dad's head and is sitting there crying. And it's super sad and it's super emotional. And then the next scene, they're perfectly fine. No broken ribs. No, no, his ribs would have definitely been broken after how many times he got kicked. And, like, hit the bar and, like, all yeah. There was... It and, was really... And traumatic. the kid should have had bruises on him, too, because they also kind of... Yeah, the they kid, beat up but... the kid. But, yeah, it just magically all was fine, and he just had a slight scab on his face, and that was it. Yeah. Um, that was my last note. So, my next note is they have... So, we meet Zeus, um... And Zeus's creator and there is just so much info dumping of how do and then like they go they name drop the creator they tell all of the information about this creator within like half a second and then the guy comes and talks and it was just like the worst written info dump ever and it's like you have this kid who already knows who Zeus is like you could have sprinkled that you know like they did they did mention Takamashido's name once before that he was the creator of noisy boy but that's all we got like it was it's a Mashido creation like of course it's good yeah and so that was the tidbit we got before but we didn't know anything else about Takamashido yeah so they just they have an info dump that is very inelegant yeah um one more thing so at the end of the movie they um decide like he, during the match, Zeus knocks out the voice recognition box of Adam, and um, they decide to shadow box. So what happens between each round is they have to like fix the robot because he's taken a ton of damage during the round, and so they have to do a bunch of different things to him. And he, and so at the end, he's like, his voice recognition is gone. We we can't fight him. We can't do it. We don't have his remote or anything. And then the kid convinces him to shadow box. And oh my goodness, it takes them so long to make this decision. And I'm like, why are you talking? Why are you not fixing the robot? Like, he needs repairs. Like, talk and work at the same time. And so they finally they finally do it and make the decision to do it. And then they go and work on him. And I'm just like, Ugh. especially with the fact that you think he might be self-aware. You're like, work on the robot, people. <laughs> it was really annoying. So just, yeah. if you watch it, just know that that's really annoying. Um, and then the music in this movie was just kind of lackluster. I feel like it is a sports movie. It's a boxing movie. There's a ton of like fade to music montages. And the music is just very so-so. Like it, yeah. it, there's a couple of Eminem songs in there. There's a couple of different rap songs. But it's it could have been very cool. Like I actually think the music in the trailer was better than the music in the movie. And yeah, I wish that they would have, I don't know, gone a different way with it. Like done a little heavier rock or something that had a little more personality to it because they didn't even use Eminem songs well. You no. know, like I don't mind Eminem, but they didn't even do them well. <laughs> it was just kind of like there and not there fading in badly. So that was my last note about this movie. Again, I don't think it was the worst movie ever. No. Definitely I, watch it. I feel like at the end of every movie we do, it sounds like we hate them because we poke at them so much. But I don't think, except for Last Airbender, <laughs> I don't think that there has been any movie we've reviewed where I would not recommend it to someone. I would definitely recommend Real Steel. Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> no, I actually have recommended it to people who wanted to watch a train wreck. Uh. <laughs> That's the only, that's the only uh, time I would. Like, you want to watch a train wreck, watch Jupiter Ascending. Yes. But, yeah, no, definitely, if you're interested, it's on Netflix. Watch Real Steel. It is a super fun, awesome movie to watch, even with all of those things. I enjoyed watching Robots Boxing because I like the sport of boxing, but I actually, like, the idea of it. But then when I actually watch it, it's hard for me to watch because I have this thing where when people, when I watch people get hurt, I can feel like, if they get hit on the head, I'm like, oh, I can, I can feel that on that, my spot, <laughs> the, the same spot on my head. It, so watching robots, I don't get the same. <laughs> right. Which is why fantasy violence is rated lower than um, realistic violence. And robot boxing is definitely fantasy violence. So I, yeah, I would definitely recommend this movie to anyone over 13. I 
I mean, if you would let your kid let your kid watch a PG-13 movie, I would recommend this movie for sure. I think it was a good movie. There was a lot of really good stuff in it. 100%. So that's those are our thoughts on Real Steel starring Hugh Jackman. Oh my gosh, something... Dakota, Dakota. Goyo. <laughs> Dakota, Dakota Goyo, Goyo and Evangeline Lilly. Definitely give it a watch again if you're okay with PG-13 rating because it does uphold that. And yeah, I enjoyed it overall. I enjoyed it, yeah. So I think it's a good show. And yeah, we are Your Little Sisters Productions. Find us on social media. We have giveaways going on right now. So you definitely want to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, comment and share. And anything, yeah, just let us know. And we'll try and if you have any movies you want to recommend to us, we will definitely consider everything that's recommended to us. And yeah, I'm Taya. I'm Laura. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.